Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, it's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker, Barrett Ejectish and Brian Huang. It's time now for The Bigger Picture. Looking at some of the headlines that could determine your investment decisions today, changes to travel protocols, all eyes on the Federal Reserve's next moves, and of course, tensions between Russia and the Ukraine. What more can you tell us, Ryan? Yeah, lots of leads for investors to digest, and back home we've got Singapore investors also digesting news around the expanded VTLs and the streamlined of COVID management measures and that will make it easier for travel and be a potential boost for businesses. To get a bigger picture, I've got Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Abhilash. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Abhilash, let's dive into the FOMC minutes first and we have a rather, I guess, um, no surprises coming through from the minutes, um, pretty much going according to script. But it's worth noting these minutes were three weeks old. And since then, we've got US consumer prices rising to a four-decade high with a print of 7.5% in January. And you've got the jobs data also coming through quite strongly. Uh, almost half a million new jobs created last month. So what do you take away from the minutes and what does that mean for the upcoming meeting? Uh, thanks, Ryan. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, the FOMC minutes was largely a non-event because there were no major surprises to what we already know. You're right to point out that you know the minutes reflect the discussions that happened before the latest jobs and inflation data. But if we just zoom into inflation, which is the main focus for the markets right now, even prior to the inflation data being released, markets were expecting 7.3% rise in inflation versus the 7.5% that we got. So, you know, it's not like the Fed did not have a broad sense of the inflation that would come through. Now, one thing that Fed mentioned was that they were ready to hike rate soon and maybe inflation would justify a faster pace of tightening. But we have to remember that that is in reference to the Fed's expectation of three rate hikes this year. And markets have already priced in six rate hikes. So, you know, it's it's unlikely that Fed will surprise the markets to the upside or the more hawkish side, given where market expectations are. And in fact, we think that, you know, given the fact that some of the leading indicators are turning, you know, if you look at export data, that that seems to be softening. If you look at China's PPI data that came out last uh, yesterday, that's uh, turned a, a fair bit as well. We think that those leading indicators that are signaling that inflation should soften in the second half of the year. And that's why we think that, you know, we won't probably see six rate hikes this year, maybe closer to three to four rate hikes. Yeah, I'll be actually pointing out the rate hikes. Um, some are expecting six and to a certain extent, some have already priced in those six rate hikes. How much will that further uh, see movement on the US dollar? And when it comes to the other currencies, like commodity-based currencies, do you see more support coming through from those rising commodity prices? Absolutely. So, you know, on a, on a 12-month basis, we are bearish on the dollar and we, we like some commodity currencies like Australian dollar and the Kiwi. Now, as far as the dollar is concerned, you're right. I mean, most of the uh, hawkishness from the Fed is already priced in. And that means that uh, the high we saw at end of January, around 97 levels, may be the near-term peak that we would see. Mm. Uh, now, in terms of technicals, we are looking for a break below 95 for the dollar, uh, since that would be a, a significant psychological threshold. And it may help us confirm that a dollar d- downtrend has well and truly begun. Now, in terms of currencies, we like, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we like Australian dollars. And that's down to a few reasons. One, if you look at the technical charts, 
uh, Australian dollar seems to be making higher highs and higher lows since end of January. So that's a favorable technical setup. And when you combine that with the fact that positioning is extremely short, uh, so we are at two standard deviations uh, when it comes to short positioning, that means that it may take very little for you know Australian dollar to rise substantially should there be a catalyst uh, on, on the positive side. Uh, the other currency that we like is Kiwi. So we think that 0.67 is a key level to watch out for and should we break below, above that? Uh, and we are testing that level. So if we break above that, then it can further confirm the uptrend uh, that's there. Uh, one thing to remember is both these central banks meet in late February and early March, mm. and we expect them to be a bit more hawkish, knowing fully well that the Fed meeting after that, the Fed will also be hawkish there. So it gives them a bit more buffer to... Uh, to go about uh, the communication. All right, Australian dollar and Kiwi dollar wants to watch um, some potential catalysts for them to move higher. And talking about catalysts, Ambilash, uh, we've got some good news for Singapore markets, perhaps uh, VTLs expanded and the streamlining of COVID measures. How much will that do for Singapore markets? They have already risen quite a bit this year. You've got them up 4.8% in the past month for the Straits Times Index. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you just go back to the whole year, uh, Singapore SPI index is up by more than 10% and it's among the best performing indices uh, globally uh, if you're looking at the major indices. But coming back to your point about VTL, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the revised measures surely make international travel either for uh, leisure or business, uh, you know, easier at the margin. And that should help, you know, boost the uh, economic growth at, at, at the margins. Now, as far as, you know, the direct impact on STI index is concerned, I think the impact is uh, likely to be limited given that, you know, uh, as we've talked in previously, most of the index is dominated by banking sector as well as, as real estate. So, you know, there's not a lot of direct impact, but obviously, you know, if the improved uh, travel helps boost the domestic economy, then we do get the secondary and tertiary impacts uh, flowing through. Uh, and, you know, that's why, I mean, uh, if, we, if you look at the GDP data that was released today, uh, that was obviously higher than what was expected by the markets. But more importantly, the guidance was, was kept. So, you know, on our end, we are expecting uh, the GDP growth uh, next year to be around 4%, which is slower than last year, but still above pre-pandemic trends. So that, again, should be something that, you know, uh, is supportive for the Singapore stock market. Yeah, but talking about trends, uh, we are still in the midst of the earnings season, but most of the tech names have reported, and it's worth noting, they actually delivered a few surprises on the upside. For example, in the US, um, some uh, earnings surprises, 8.5% beats, and in Europe, 18.1% beat expectations. Uh, so what does this do for your outlook for tech stocks? Is this still a place to increase your exposure in with the prospects of rate hikes coming through? Yeah, uh, by and large, yes. So we, we remain overweight on technology sector. And as you, as you rightly pointed out, earnings have been fairly strong. And if, if you'll just go back to January, we saw U.S. technology sector decline by 15%. But right now, you know, tech sector has made up for almost half of those uh, declines. And earnings have been a big contributor to that. Now, one thing we've been highlighting to investors for the last month or so is that, you know, if you, if you are a long-term investor with a horizon of more than 6 to 12 months, then such declines that we've seen in technology sector over the past months are actually a good opportunity to average in because, you know, over a longer term, it's earnings growth that really matters for tech stocks, not interest rates, not, you know, mm. Fed rate hikes. So, you know, given that the global growth is going to slow down from exceptional levels from last year, 
we think that markets will slowly start uh, you know placing an increased premium on high growth sectors and technology sector is clearly one of them the other thing which is uh, going to be in favor of technology sector is the fact that you know earning buyback have started to resume or will resume in the few the coming few days and weeks because around the earnings release there is obviously a blackout stock buyback falls so you know given that technology sector is one of the major components of you know stock buyback we should see that also be supportive for the for the sector as a whole All right, Richard Abdash Narayan, he is the senior investment strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Abdash, thank you for your time as always and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.